Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and we are now 29 days away from the NHL start or the Rangers start to the season. That's right. We're under a month away from New York Rangers regular season hockey. We're getting close. We're getting really close. NFL season just kicked off, which means the fall is here, which means hockey is here. And the New York Rangers prospect camp is underway. They actually just had their first scrimmage on Saturday. The uh, There's a lot of kids to keep an eye on at this camp. There's four guys who played for the Rangers last season. Morgan Barron is there. Uh, Zach Jones is there. Uh, Tarmo uh, Rittenen is there, as well as uh, Justin Richards, who saw time in those last two games, or last game of the NHL season. Um, but, I mean, every top prospect in the Rangers organization is there right now. Uh, First-round pick from this year, Brent Othman's there. Uh, Lori Pujami is there, who is the uh, Finnish goal scorer, who just he's coming over this year. Um, he's a name to watch out for. I think he'll probably start in Hartford uh, to get acclimated to American ice, but he's a kid to watch out for. Uh, Will Co- uh, Coyle or Coyle is there, uh, the second-round pick from last year. He actually scored two goals uh, in the Rangers' uh, scrimmage this last weekend. Carl Hendrickson is there, the uh, second-round pick a couple years ago from Sweden. Um, another kid to watch out for. All their draft picks from this year are there. Um, you know, obviously, Niels Lundqvist is the big guy to watch. Uh, him, Matthew Robertson, Braden Schneider, uh, Hunter Skinner, just the – they're so loaded at defensive prospects. They're all there. Um, actually, Braden Schneider had a great interview. Uh, he was talking about the the intensity so far and how really it's been a hard-hitting camp and that guys are going 110%. They're going 100 miles an hour out there because this is the first time a lot of these kids, even the draft picks from last year, have a chance to actually showcase their skill in front of the Rangers front office because of COVID, they didn't have a camp last year. So... A lot of these kids are just really trying to show off what they can do for the first time uh, in person with the Rangers organization. So uh, it's pretty cool to see and pretty cool to watch a lot of these highlights. I mean, there, there's a, it's intense battles. Uh, and goalie uh, Dylan Garrard is there. I think he hopefully will see time in Hartford this year. I think he is uh, a, a star in the making. I, I Everything I've seen about him, everything I read about him uh, – People I talk to in the WHL um, that watch WHL say how good he is, how great he is uh, moving in the, in the crease, uh, 
the side to side motion. Um, so he's the guy to watch out for. And I don't know what the Rangers are going to do, but they have two scrimmages against uh, the Flyers prospects this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. I have no idea. I haven't seen anything released that the Rangers are going to show uh, those scrimmages on MSG or MSG Go or whatever MSG has. But um, I really hope somewhat somehow we get to watch some of it. I It's shocking that a team owned by a media company never can showcase their team. I don't get it. I don't understand. We watch every Nick Summer League team, but we can't watch any – we can't watch a Rangers scrimmage or anything like that. So, um, you know, hopefully somehow, even if it's a Philly feed, uh, we can watch some of those scrimmages and just see these kids play and um, see how they do out there against other competition. Other than that, big Ranger news from Larry Brooks. He's reporting the Rangers and Mika Zibanejad are working on a contract extension. So Mika's in the final year. Of his deal, um, I think he's at a 5.1 or 5.3 right now. The number that's being thrown out there is most likely an eight-year deal in the eight to nine million dollar range. Um, Sean Couturier, the number one center for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, just re-signed a seven-year, 7.75 million dollar deal. Um, that's pretty much a starting point, probably for Mika. I think that's a very good contract to go off of for Chris Drury to look at. If the Rangers can bring him back at that number, that is a home run. All the uh, predictions of him getting $10 million per year, I don't think he's going to get $10 million per year. I think that's a little steep, especially if you go to an eight-year in a contract. I think if it was more of a six-year deal, maybe that's the range you'll look at. But by pushing to that eight-year, I think you can get the um, – the number down a little bit, and if that, if he can bring him in at eight million for eight years, I think that's a very good deal for the Rangers going forward. Although Miko will be, I think, thirty-seven by the time that deal is up, so you know, maybe not. The end might not be too pretty, but um, you know, looking at that number spread out, it's not terrible, uh, especially with the cap staying flat. I think it's probably worth adding on that eight year to to get that number down. But apparently they started talking back in August, and they're now talking even more as the season comes up. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe Mika has a contract extension before the season starts. Um, and talking about extending him is Chris Drury in his uh, pre preseason, pre-training camp, press conference, whatever it was, uh, reiterated again the need or the want to have a captain name for this year. And... You know, he wanted, I guess, more time, or really he hasn't seen him at all, but uh, more time for Jerk a lot to meet with the team, see the players, uh, get to know them, evaluate the situation during training camp. So, you know, after all like the back and forth, I'm very curious to see who finally gets named captain. Uh, will it be Chris Kreider? Will it be Mika Zibanejad? Will it be Jacob Truba, who's apparently taking on a bigger leadership role in the last year with the team? Will it be an Adam Fox, an up-and-coming young superstar? Um, you know, Will it be a Ryan Lindgren, who's more of a heart-and-soul type of a guy? I'm very interested to see what direction they do go in. Personally, I think it's going to be Truba, just based off of some comments that Drury made way back a couple months ago about Wanting to wait to see guys take the next step. 
And that kind of indicated to me that it's not Chris Kreider and not Mika Zibanejad because considering those guys have been in the building, they know what they got at it, the two of them. They know the leadership skills already. So by him saying that, I, I think it was more of a Jacob Truba type of a tone. Um, I mean, I would love to see Lindgren get named captain. I mean, that guy, I love, I love Lindgren. I mean, that guy, he's just a warrior. Um, you know, we had Zach Jones on the show talking about him. He's like, he's incredible. Like the guy just blocks shots. He does everything, uh, puts his body on the line every game. Um, so, I mean, he might be a guy who'd be a great captain for this team going forward. Uh, but you know, it's not a major deal and teams survive without captains and the Rangers have gone out with a captain for quite a while now since Ryan McDonough got traded. Um, so I think it is time that they name it a captain and, um, you know, I'm excited to see who it is. I, I, to be honest with you, there's not really a bad choice. I, I don't think this could be a guy that you're like, oh, wow, really? That You know, he's captain? Ugh. I think they have good candidates on this team, and, I, um, and I'm and i excited. I'm just excited to see who they do pick. I'm excited for training camp, to be honest with you. I'm excited to see the season get back to a, you know, a normal season, a normal 82-game season. Obviously, the Olympics will be thrown in there, so there'll be a little bit of abnormalist with the uh, three-week break for the Olympics, but I'm excited to see a full NHL season. I'm excited to see fans back in the stands watching the NFL this last weekend with full stadiums and college football with full stadiums, hearing people scream and yell instead of getting pumped in uh, noise. It's awesome. You know, the NHL playoffs, we saw Florida and, and Vegas have close to, you know, close to full houses then, and the Islanders were pushing the, um, you know, we're pushing up to 10,000-some people. So I'm just excited to see a full MSG and hear a full MSG again and finally get some normalcy back in the world after such a long time of missing that and, and sports finally coming back is, uh, it's great. It, it really is great. I'm just, I'm, I'm, this team is so young, so exciting to watch that, uh, you know, it, it, you can't help but uh, be excited for the future as a Ranger fan, especially with some of these young kids in the prospect camps. You know, the prospect camp we're watching, Neil Zunquist, I, I was watching a couple highlights of him just, uh, you know, just the way he turns and spins and operates um, in his own defensive zone to clear the puck out. You, know, you just get excited watching those little clips. So that's why I really hope the Rangers do televise, you know, these scrimmages against Philly on Saturday and Sunday to see what these kids can do, you know, in a full game. Um, so other than that, not much really going on uh, before training camp starts. Uh, the, pro the guys are starting to roll in. We saw uh, Gorgiev posted a... Instagram picture of himself flying to New York. Panarin's been in New York for a while now. He's been up at the U.S. Open with the uh, Russian tennis player winning uh, the U.S. Open championship. He's been following that and been there uh, for all those. Henrik Lundqvist made a guest appearance at the U.S. Open. Looked like a million bucks. Um, that's another thing. The Rangers haven't announced his retirement day yet. Uh, and hopefully they, they, they do announce that soon. I don't know what they're waiting on. Uh, I don't know if they're waiting for opening night to announce that. I thought it might be – actually, uh, I thought it was going to be this weekend because it was 30 days until the start of hockey season. Um, so I thought they were going to announce it on the you know the 30 days left for his jersey number. I was wrong. Um, they did not say anything. So hopefully it comes out soon So I would love to get tickets for that as soon as possible to make sure I have those set because uh, there's no place I'd want to be other than in that garden for number 30 to go up into the rafters, a guy who, um, I mean, he's right up there on my list of favorite Rangers of all time. Uh, he has to be, you know, uh, Graves, I have to say, is still my number one guy, but 
Hank, uh, he's a very close, very close behind for me. Um, so that'll be a really special night at the Garden. I can't wait to be there to watch that. And uh, and this week's guest is another great goalie, uh, an AHL Hall of Famer, former New York Ranger, also played for the Columbus Blue Jackets, J.F. LeBay. Um, so J.F. joined us and talked, gave us some great stories from his career. Uh, he won two Calder Cups in his uh, AHL career, with one with the Hershey Bears, and he also won the only Calder Cup in Hartford Wolfpack history in the 99-2000 season. Uh, he had an unbelievable career for the for Hartford. A um, couple All-Star games for them. Won uh, the duo, the goalie duo of the year with them. He was an AHL MVP. Uh, he coached the uh, in the AHL as well as a goaltending coach. Um, so he's got some great stories. He was an awesome guest. Uh, but before we send it to an interview with JF, I do want to tell you more about our sponsors over at Magic Hockey. It's September. It's almost hockey season, so make sure you go over to magichockey.com and go check them out on Ma- Magic Hockey on Instagram for all your hockey needs, uh, all your hockey equipment needs. Uh, they got the lightest stick in the market. Anything you need, go check out the website. Hockey season's almost here, so make sure you go get your gear now. Uh, before it's too late and there's nothing left on the shelf and uh, and you're out of luck there. So make sure you go check out magichockey.com. And if you don't believe me, take it from my man, Eddie Olchek, 1994 Stanley Cup champion. Hello, everyone. It's Eddie Olchek. Give a shout-out to everybody at Magic Hockey. You guys are on the verge of uh, launching a new stick. Uh, I guess the correct verbiage is one of the lightest twigs on the market. So I wish you all the best of luck. Hopefully there's lots of goals and assists in those. And uh, – Maybe for some defensemen and forwards that can't score, uh, maybe some uh, poke checks and back checks with that light twig. So best of luck to everybody at Magic Hockey, and I'm sure I'm going to be following you all at uh, magichockey.com. We are now joined by a very special guest, former New York Ranger goalie, Two-time Calder Cup winner, including the 2000 Calder Cup with the Hartford Wolfpack, a AHL MVP and American Hockey League Hall of Famer, J.F. LeBay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, so growing up in Quebec, were you a Nordiques fan growing up? Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I wasn't a Montreal Canadian fan. I was a Quebec Nordic fan just because uh, uh, I appreciate more watching the the goalie from the Nordiques. That's why. I was gonna say, who was your favorite player to watch growing up? Well, I started watching. It was Daniel Bouchard, and after that, Mario Gosselin came in, and he was uh, he was a guy that was uh, idolized much for them. Yeah. And how did you start off playing goalie? That seems like a position that some kids either love or they kind of get thrown into. Well, I was uh, I was a forward till I was uh, eight years old, and uh, both of our goalie quit at the same time. So the coach just came in the room and said, "Anybody wants to try goalie?" And I said, oh, "I'll go. I'll try it." And uh, I always stayed in that after that. The rest is history, huh? Yeah. Um, so you started playing your junior hockey in the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Uh, you played a couple of seasons for Three Rivers. I'll say that as the, the American translation there. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your third season there when you really took off. Again, you had a very good backup there as well. Um, Jocelyn Tubot, who yeah. went on to having a great NHL career. And also, I believe that was the year that uh, uh, Matt and Ramey was on that team too, right? Who? Was that the year that Manon Rumey was on the team as well? Manon Rion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Manon, yeah. See, yeah. I told you I can't pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, she Actually, she had a chance to play because I got injured. And she was like her third goalie, third goalie of the team. So, uh, yeah, she, she had to play because I got injured. That's pretty cool. How was it yeah. uh, seeing her out there in practice every day? Was it cool seeing yeah, her? Yeah, you know, it was the first time we, we saw a girl playing at a high level like that. So, uh, yeah, it was impressive, yeah. And that year also, you had a great year. You had the best goals allowed average, defensive player of the year, uh, first team all-star that year. So what kind of clicked for you that third season? Uh, well, we had, a, we had a good team, obviously. Uh, it always helped for a goalie if uh, you have a good team in front of you. Uh, but, yeah, that was my third year. So, you know, I knew the league better. I knew the players. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really good year for me. And that fourth season in the queue, you started with Sherbrooke. You got traded only three games in. What happened there? Well, obviously, uh, Jocelyn was uh, 17 year old now, so uh, he needed to play. That was his year, draft year. So, uh, and I wanted to play too. So, uh, obviously, they traded me, and I went to uh, to get no. Obviously, it was all now uh, before, but it's it's uh, gets no now the city. But uh, yeah, it was a good good year for me. You guys made a run all the way to game seven. Unfortunately, lost to game seven there, but uh, yeah. you guys had a great team, though. Yeah, we did. We did. So that following season at the game seven, you get your first taste of the AHL. You signed with the Senators organization and Prince Edward. Then you also played in the uh, Colonial League. People probably know yeah. it as a UHL now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what was that first play, you know, the first couple of games the AHL? Like, what was that experience like for you? Well, it was at the end of the year. Uh Mostly played the whole season in the uh, in United League that year, and uh, I got called up at the end and uh, did really well for about four or five games, and I got sent back for the playoff. 
but it was uh, it was a good experience for me to uh to you know to see what kind of level the AHL was and I uh, was uh I knew what to expect the, the year after that now we've had a lot of uh, skaters on the on our show who's talked about the AHL, the difference between the junior league and the speed and the passing and stuff like that. What's the biggest adjustment for a goaltender coming in from a, a junior league playing in the American Hockey League? Well, for me, the, the language barrier was a, was a big thing too. Like on the ice, you, during a game, you have to talk with your teammates. And for me, it was hard uh, the first two, three months. But uh, obviously, you play uh, against uh, older players. Uh, you can play with, you know, you're only 20 years old and you can play against uh, 28, 30 years old players. So that's that's the big difference, uh, I think, uh, between the junior level and the pro level. And that year in the UHL or in the Colonial League, you had a great year as well. You're rookie of the year, goaltender of the year, playoff MVP, and you guys won the championship. We did. We did. Uh, that was a great, we had a great team, uh, great staff. Uh, and uh, I was lucky enough to uh, meet my wife that year. So uh, that was a, Really good year for me. Very good year then. Yeah. Uh, the next year you settled into the AHL. You know, you got your first extended playing time there. Um, so what was that like just kind of getting settled into that role? Well, we I don't know if you've ever been to Prince Edward Island in Canada. It's I've a, not it's been an, there yet. It, it's an island and it snows a lot during the winter. So it was, <laughs> a, it was a big adjustment. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was fun time. That's for sure. And the next year you signed with your uh, your childhood favorite, the Nordiques. Um, Actually, I got traded. I oh, got you got traded. traded. I'm sorry, you got I, traded. Yeah, yeah. I, I got traded the, my third year with uh, the Senators organization, and I got traded right af after training camp. So, yeah. So that would be a cool experience, though, getting traded to the Nordiques, though. Well, they weren't the Nordic anymore. They were the uh, Oh, that's Avalanche. when they were their Avalanche, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the Avalanche, yeah. Um, so you spent your first year there. You're an AHL all-star. You really settled into a Cornwall. And uh, you played for um, Bob Hartley while you were there with them yeah. in Hershey. So what yeah. it was like playing for Bob back then? And obviously, he's had quite the career since then. Yeah, Bob was a great coach. Uh, obviously, he gave me my really first chance to be a number one guy in the American League. Uh, yeah, he really – Bob was a coach that really – could find a way to get the best of every player on the team. And uh, that's why he's been winning at every level he's been coaching. Yeah, actually I covered the world championships. I just, uh, I was talking to him while he was coaching over there. Um, and he's, he's still every level that guy goes to KHL, NHL, AHL, he wins everywhere he goes. Exactly. And every league he coached, uh, he won. And then, so after the year in Cobalt, the team actually moved to Hershey or, uh, picked up Hershey as a new affiliate, and you guys have a dream season there. You yeah. have one of the best seasons of any goalie in AHL history then. Um, you know, you win league MVP, uh, you're the top goalie, and then you guys win the Calder Cup. So quite yeah. the year for you. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. That's for sure. It was fun. <laughs> uh, we had a great team. Again, for a goalie, it helps when you have a good team in front of you. And, uh, yeah, we had a great staff. Great coaching staff. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun year, that's for sure. Now, when you go on a run like you did that year, is there a point where you're you're just so locked in that you just know you're gonna be dominant? <clears throat> well, obviously, to win uh, a championship, you need a good team. You need luck too. And we uh, we 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 found our luck uh, in the third round against uh, Springfield. Uh, 
think that the series like you play two game at home, three game on the road, two two game at home. So we they came in our building in the third round and beat us twice, like badly. Like we couldn't we couldn't get anything going. Uh, we I was playing I wasn't playing so well, uh, and uh, we went in their building. So we had three games. We had to win two to come back to uh, to Hershey. And uh, the first game, we, we found a way to go to, to overtime and win the game. And after a goal, Manny Legacy got mad and kind of pushed. I can't remember what he did to the referee, but he got 10 game suspension. And uh, their backup goalie was injured. So they had to play a East Coast League guy. So we took advantage of that and came back and win the game seven at home and we won the championship after that but you know sometimes you need luck and we had luck that year <laughs> yeah i'll take an east coast goalie over many legacy any day yeah <laughs> well actually he was he was a friend of my sylvain deg he uh he's from not too far from where i'm from so you you left hershey you go with the oilers organization um yeah. up in hamilton why did you end up leaving hershey were you traded from there or did you sign there no i just i was a free agent and i uh, i signed i thought i had probably a better chance to make it maybe at least like a few game in the HL, but it uh, didn't work out with uh, with Edmonton. But at first it was weird uh, because we just, in Hershey, we just beat Hamilton in the final. Mm-hmm. And I, the next year the, I was with in, in the other locker room. So at first it was, uh, it's kind of weird, but uh, we, we, we did it. We did pretty good that year too. Now that year, Columbus, I mean, Colorado has let you walk. Were they trying to re-sign you? Obviously you just had a monster year for them. Well, uh, Mark Denis was coming up too that year, the next year. So, you know, he was he was a first-round pick and uh, he needed to play lots of game in Hershey. So uh, they, they didn't offer me anything. So that was um, good for me. So Hamilton, you have another, you have an all-star season there and you move over to the Rangers organization and that's where I know you're from watching you play in Hartford. Um, so what was that like getting to the Rangers organization? What was that first training camp like for you? Uh, first in the summer, I was getting married and, uh, my, the goalie coach, Sam Sandler called me and he's like, uh, cause I think the Rangers and the Islanders offered me contract that summer. And, uh, we decided to go with the Rangers because Sam Sandler called me, said, listen, we, uh, we want to build a team here to win the, the Calder cup. So when he said that, I was like, all right, I'm I'm in, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but it was, it was pretty cool because, uh, uh I got to meet uh, Wayne Gretzky. Yep. And, uh, it's so funny because, uh, when you do your, before training camp, you have a day, you do all your, your physical test testing. And he was, he was behind me. And I remember like I was doing my test and let's say like I had to do the most, uh, bench press with 195 pounds. Well, I couldn't even do two <laughs> you know so i was trying and i couldn't make it i couldn't make two so he's like and wayne was like to the person who take notes he's like oh give him six give him six <laughs> so he was always like give him more give him more so the next year you know obviously same test i couldn't do six <laughs> so my tests were were not as good the next year <laughs> so yeah so the coach, they were like, how come your testing are not as good as last year? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, that, um, yeah, that was my first training camp in New York. That was pretty cool. 
just to meet Wayne Gretzky and Mike Richter was uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Mike Richter. So Richter's another guy similar in size to you. Uh, so what was it like watching him play? And uh, did he give you any advice out there or anything like that? Oh, he, he was amazing. Like uh, such a gentleman and uh, just uh, watching him on the ice, just look at his work ethic was uh, just uh, mind blowing for me. And you could you can tell why he had such a great career. He was, uh, he was a great athlete and was such a good goalie. And then Brian Leach also on that team from yeah. the defense. So. Uh, they had yeah. they had some good players. Unfortunately, that team couldn't get it done. But yeah. uh, practicing against Gretzky, did you face any in him in practice at all? Did he get any shots on you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did, and uh, it was uh, it was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> uh, the next season is a great year for you. You make your yeah. NHL debut um, against Montreal yeah. uh, at MSG. So, what was that experience like for you? What was that day like leading up to it? Uh. I was nervous, that's for sure. You know, I was like 27 years old playing my first NHL game. I was like, wow. At at some point, you're like, all right, you just give up on it. And you're like, all right, I'll never play, but I'll 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 try to get a great, you know, AHL career. And uh finally I got the call. It was the second last game of the season. And I remember after the pregame skate, because we had pregame skate in White Plain is that the place where yeah uh, yeah White Plain, and I remember everybody was cleaning up cleaning up their their locker. I was like, oh my god, everybody's cleaning up their locker in the morning, and because they were playing back to back game in the MSG, so they weren't coming back uh, to practice at uh, White Plain. I was like, I'm going to play my first game NHL game, and guys are cleaning up their locker. I was like, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> But no, it was a it was a great experience. Obviously, we lost uh, three nothing against Montreal, but uh, I had a good time. Was there any moment for you either in uh, pregame skate or the national anthem or anything where you kind of had like a minute to kind of take it all in? Hi everyone, I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, it was going really fast for me. Like I was like, "Wow, okay," but uh, no, uh, I, I did enjoy every minute of it. That's for sure. Did you see or notice the speed of the game go up from the AHL? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything happens quicker. Uh, 
guys are quicker. They, 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 their, their shots are quicker. They hit the more, the net more often. Uh, so yeah, I, I saw it was a big difference. That's for sure. And did you have any call-ups before that that you didn't get in the game on? Or was oh, that yeah. The first? oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I got called up a lot of time, a lot of times, uh, but I never played. I remember one time I probably sat for about ten games in a row because my great hurt his knee at the All Star game during the skill competition, and uh, I probably sat for about ten games in a row at the end of the bench. And one guy knocked on, was knocking on the glass. I turn around, he looks at me, go. Hey, you better to get used to that seat. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'll, I'll, we're on the same team. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay, that's New York fan. <laughs> You're like, hey, you know, uh, who was it? Um, was Dunham the goalie, right? Was Dunham the starter then? Uh, their, their goalie back then was uh, Kurt McLean. Uh, Kurt McLean, yeah, Kurt McLean. Yeah. Yeah. You ever go to Kirk yeah. and be like, hey, uh, you know, maybe uh, have a hamstring uh, pull in the uh, third No, he didn't. End. He didn't. But no, he was a <laughs> cool guy, Kurt McLean. Uh, that year for Hartford, you end up scoring a goal too. Yeah. So what was that like? Was that is that something you've always wanted to obviously oh, shoot for? I tried. Or, I yeah? tried so many times before. I couldn't. I missed the net a couple times, but uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it was in Quebec City, in front of probably like twenty people from my hometown. My family was there, so it was. Uh, That's very cool. It was. It was. You know if. For me, I would have preferred to score in Hartford in front of the fans, but uh, if I had to choose a place to do it, Quebec City was the best place to do it. I hope you kept the puck from that. Oh, yeah, I have it here. All right, good. What was the celebration like after that? I didn't know what to do. Like, you're like, oh, I just scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I wasn't trying to keep focused. You know, we had over a minute left in the game. So, uh, but yeah, we had a good time in Quebec City that night. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, and that year ended, you know, you had a great year again, you know, another fantastic yeah. season for you. Um, you guys end up winning the first and only Calder cup in Hartford history. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I think it was the semifinals. You guys are down three to one to Providence. You fall the way back to win that yeah. series. Yeah. Um, so I guess take me through that playoff run there and how special that was. Well, we had a really, really good team. And uh, I remember just after Christmas, we, we, uh, we, we made some changes on the team. We, uh, we got a guy like Tony Tazlino uh, we, uh, that came. Uh, Chris Wells came in. Jason Duck came. So it was three really good veterans that really came and really gave us some depth that we needed to for a team to win and, you know, in the, and go far in the playoff. And obviously, early in the season, we had Terry Virtue that came. Uh, so he really, like, he was our quarterback in defense. So, you know, we had a good team and we had a great year too. Like, yeah, remember we finished first overall during the regular season. So, uh, we, uh, Calder Cup was, uh, that's all we had in mind. And, uh, it wasn't easy early, but, uh, we, we battled back and, uh, we, uh, finally we got the cup that year. It was great. And Harford's actually celebrating their 25th anniversary as a franchise this year. Yeah. Any plans to get back down there? Have they talked yeah. to you all? Well, yeah, we were supposed to go, but because of quarantine and everything, mm -hmm. we had to cancel it. But, yeah, we were planning on going this year, that's for sure. That's great, yeah. yeah. I think they have a lot of celebrations planned uh, for that, so that should be good. Yeah. And then next year, so you start off in Hartford. That next After that season, you get in the NHL, you have this great run to call the Cup. What kind of confidence are you carrying into that next training camp with Rangers? Well, the summer was <laughs> really quick. 
Uh, we just finished the season end of June and you got to start again in early uh, September. So it was a short summer, but we, uh, we, yeah, we had confidence that we, we had pretty much the same team too. So we knew we had a chance to, uh, to win again. And uh, it was, I remember like a week before they told me, like, I knew I might get traded because uh, they had young goalies coming up and, you know, they, they need to play in the American like young prospects. So, and I knew then, I knew I might get traded, and then all of a sudden they said, "All right, you can you can find a you can find a place to stay." So I was like, "Cool, you know, I'm gonna stay here all year." Not even a week after, boom, I get traded. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" So yeah, but uh, I wasn't happy with the trade, but it turns out to be a great great thing for me to be traded and play in Syracuse. Yeah, so you were you were shocked pretty much when they did trade you, though. Well, yeah, because a week before they told me to yeah. get a, a place because I was at the hotel the whole beginning of the year because they didn't know if they wanted to trade me or not. So, and what and a week a week after <laughs> I walked in my apartment, they told me to move. So I was like, "Oh, come on!" But, well, what can you do? Was Richter hurt that year too? Wasn't Richter hurt early in the season too? He didn't. I think he he wasn't ready to start the season. I think. So you probably were, you know, may have had eyes on that backup job then, or at least. Uh, yes and no. They're every time they they, they call up, they call the, the young prospect. I can't remember his name. It's a Swedish guy, but Holmes, Holmes, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. So every time they, they had to call, they called the, the young kid. So you do get traded to Syracuse, you another great year there. And then your second year with uh, Columbus, you get into uh, the three games and you get your first yeah. NHL win against yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins. So what was that night like? That was awesome. That was awesome. And uh, uh, I had a chance to play half a game the night before in Minnesota. So I kind of felt comfortable the next the next night playing in, in, in Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, it was a great moment that I'll remember forever. That's for sure. And the following season, you uh, you pretty much spent the entire year in Columbus as the backup to uh, – to Mark yeah. e as he played 77 games that year. You oh, called yeah. the guy to give a rest. Yeah. I, uh, oof, I spent a lot of time on the bench that year. That was the <laughs> first year in my career that was like not playing at all. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, at least I was uh, traveling. I was with the NHL. I was in the NHL the whole year. So it was fun for that, but uh, I wish I would have played a little bit more. That's for sure. <laughs> How tough is it a guy you sit on the bench the entire game uh, you know, third period or sometime in the third period, they pull the goalie. How tough is it for you to get loose out there on the ice? Well, you have to be, you have to be ready no matter what. So uh, that's why you get, you do some activation before a game and stuff like that. You know, you got to make sure you're ready to go at any time because you never know what can happen. Are you staying loose like during um, intermissions as well? Like, are you doing stretching as well? Just making yeah, sure you're okay. Try, yeah. Try to you know, be ready. Focusing like if it was you playing. And is there a point in the game where you're looking at the scoreboard and you see four or five? Yeah. Is there a point where you start being like, all right, they might be looking down here in a minute? Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it happened a few times, so so I was I was ready when it happened. So, yeah. Uh, that year at Columbus, I think that was Rick Nash's rookie year uh, yeah. that year. So what was it like seeing him as a young player? He's one of my favorite guys that's come over to the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was really good. You could, like, he was like a – a kid in a man's body for 18 year old kid. And uh, yeah, you could tell how talented he was and how strong he was on the puck and 
he was a he was an unbelievable player that's for sure is there a certain guy from that ranger team or the columbus team that when you went up against me in practice or whatever that the, the shot was just so heavy or someone that you kind of like or like oh man i gotta take shots from this guy is any of those people out there uh, i would say kovalev kovalev yeah. was uh his wrister was like wow it was like was tough. It was tough to stop. That's for sure. Yeah. I would say Kovalev. Yeah. Uh, so after that season, you jumped overseas. You're playing the Russian Super League, which is now the yeah. KHL. Yeah. What made you want to jump over there after you just spent the whole year in the NHL? Uh, I wanted to go. I, I was like, after, after I'm 30 years old, I wanted to, and it was, I was like 31. I was like, I think it's time to go in Europe. And, you know, my wife has some family in Europe. So I guess let's, let's make the move. And, Obviously, I tried Russian leagues. Uh, you know, it's the it's probably one of the best league in Europe. But uh, it was uh, it was tough. It was tough. It was a tough place to be without your family, and it wasn't as good organized it is right now. Back then, you had a really good year there, though. Was there any thought to you trying to come back to North America? Uh no, no, no. no. I knew I was. I knew the next year I was going back. I was going to Germany, so. That was it's a better place to bring your family. Mm-hmm. Any crazy stories from Russia over there? Anything you saw that was out of the ordinary? Uh, they're those people are really intense. That's, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it to that. But they're really intense people, and you know, they're pretty intense. <laughs> I'll keep it to that. <laughs> uh, the training regiments over there obviously yeah. are, are well yeah, known for being crazy and. Kind of yeah. Soviet era training was probably still going oh. on then. So, what oh. was kind of the stuff that they were doing over there with you? It was unbelievable. Like all the activation they would do before a game, I was like, "What are you guys doing?" Like, if I would have done that, I would have been dead for before the game. And they were like running, jumping. I was like, "Oh my god!" Good thing they left that they left the goalie alone, so I could do whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> And he create and then their training camps over too. They're intense training camps. Were you oh, there for training oh camp? Yeah. Oh yeah. I met I met this guy in July 21st in Finland. And we played seven games in seven nights. You started you play all seven of them? No, no, no. But oh, okay. <laughs> I played probably like two or three, but they yeah, had, they had they had a lot of players, but still, you know, it's still seven games in seven nights. And we and back then, like in Russia, you, you barely never have a day off during the month. So that, that was the tough part, you know, in, in, Amer- in America, like you, you, you have a, at least a day off during the week, you know, to get, you know, to mm-hmm. recharge. And but in Russia, they barely probably had like two days off from each month. It was like training, training is ridiculous. So there's no Netflix back then. What were you doing back in your uh, apartment? Were you watching this Russian television? Oh yeah, it's pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. But hang, I was hanging with the players too. So yeah. Uh, after that, you spent three years in Germany. I've heard such yeah. good things about the German league. I've had a bunch yeah. of guys that played there. They said if uh, if they can pick one league to go back to, it'd be the German league over the NHL. So a uh, compared yeah. to the NHL. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how was that experience? It was great. Because you're every team are allowed to have, I think, eleven or twelve import player. So basically, you know all the, the import player because you play with them or against them, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's a great place to go with if you have a family. You don't play as many games. 
travel the traveling is awesome too and uh yeah it's uh, i don't regret my move there that's for sure and you played two years in austria also a beautiful country as well i had to be oh, great too vienna one of the most beautiful city I've ever seen in my life vienna yeah out of all the stops what was your favorite city to play in uh I have to say, not, I would have to say Archford because, yeah, uh, yeah because uh, it was only like four hours away from my hometown driving. So every weekend I had friends coming down, my family would come down, my parents. So it was awesome. I could come down anytime I wanted to. So it was great. And we had a great team and we had great, such a tight team. So it makes it, made it fun every day to go to the rink. Uh, after your playing career, you started coaching pretty much right away uh, mm-hmm. when you're done. Most yeah. recently, you were the goalie coach for the San Diego Goals, the American Hockey League. Yeah. Is that something you're going to continue doing? Uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. I was four years with San Diego, and they decided to uh, – last year, they decided to uh, to go with the, a veteran goalie backup that would do the, the bow job, goalie coach, and, uh, and being a backup. So uh, – I'm still looking for, I'm still a free agent. I'm looking to, <laughs> to, uh, to get back with a team, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's what, that's what I did since I retired. And, uh, yeah, I'm still looking for, uh, I'm still looking, I like, I love, uh, uh teaching young, young goalies, uh, the knowledge that I learned over the years. And, uh, uh, yeah, I love doing that. What, uh, who are some of the goalies you watch now that, maybe you um you know you take like video from them to show young kids well obviously uh i see carry price every night uh, i'm from quebec so i see montreal every night and he's uh, technically so sound uh it's almost a perfect technique he has so uh yeah that's the guy that uh i try to to show kids like that's the way you should play and what's the biggest thing you could tell a young goalie just from a mental aspect? Obviously, you let goals in. Is that something at a young age that you don't have to realize, like you can't stop every puck? No, no. And uh, he, obviously, you want to tell a kid to have fun. You know, that's the, the most important thing, I think. Uh, if you don't have fun, you're in the wrong business. But, uh, you know, a goalie position, uh, sometimes you get score on, you got to think about the next, the next shot. And that's what I try to teach. My son's a goalie. Uh, he's a second year Bantam AAA, so it's uh, it's fun for me to uh, to work with him and uh, see him grow as a kid and uh, as a goalie. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, as a goalie, do you have any superstitions out there? I know goalies can have some uh, weird stuff. Uh, I had some, but I was trying not to get too many because uh, so many things can happen during a day that you won't be able to do the same routine, and so I try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, that kind of stuff what was your weirdest one probably uh i would go to the ring the same way like i would take the same road every time we won that was probably the only thing that i would do okay that was my my, my biggest one yeah uh do you have any funny off ice or prank stories you can share oh <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, I might have some but i wouldn't i wouldn't it wouldn't be nice to say it <laughs> <laughs> anyone um, ever mess with your pads or anything uh no, no, no. I, I wasn't that i wasn't that kind of goalie that if you touch my equipment i would uh i was trying to stay as uh, simple as possible 
Um, now you spent a lot of time playing a lot of different leagues. I'm sure you have a couple of bad travel stories. So any bad or horrible travel stories you've had? Oh, we, uh, I remember one time in Russia, the plane was so old. We were walking towards the plane. I was like asking, uh, my, my roommate that was playing speaking English. And I was like, are we, are we taking that plane right now? Are you serious? This thing flies. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. If you take care of it, it can fly for 50 years. Like, are you kidding me? It was so old. It's tonk in there. I was like, oh my God. And was, that was scary. And after right. that, the few, like maybe like three, four years later, like you, you hear a plane crash uh, in Russia. Yeah. The local, local, locomotive. And I was like, for sure it happened. Like they did flying. Their planes are so old. It was scary. Yeah, I think after that incident, they finally got uh, updated planes over there. Cause, oh my like, god! Was, I, it, yeah, I mean, that, I think they just had the anniversary for that. Um, yeah, well, yeah, the other day. So yeah, 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 and we lost Pavel Dimitrov that year, and uh, yeah, he was my he was my roommate in in PI. Uh, my second year, we we rent a house together, me and him. So I was like, pretty sad when that happened. Uh, who's the funniest teammate you play with? Oh, I had so many, so many funny teammates that I don't want to forget one. So it's How about Hartford? Who was your funny guys? Who were the good guys in Hartford? Oh, my God. The craziest one was probably Armstrong. Eric Armstrong was okay. like, oh, my God. It was, he was so funny. But, yeah, I had great teammates. Uh, Dale Perrington, Tony Toslino, uh, you know, uh, Ken Jernan. There was uh, one of probably the best uh, captain I've had uh, over my career. Uh, you know, we had Brad Smith. I uh, was a character, but he was such a he had such a good shot. He was he scored so many uh, important goals for us. Uh, it was it was it was Arthur was fun. We had uh, lots of character on the team, but it made it fun. Like I said, to to go there every day. What was your favorite moment from your career? We're looking back on it. Well, I, I got a few. I would say probably uh, the two color cup. The two color cup were my uh, my favorite one. On the personal note, probably my first NHL win in Pittsburgh, and when I score a goal. But yeah, but I would say the, the two color cup were my uh, best best moment. How cool was it getting that phone call about you being put into the AHL Hall of Fame? Oh, that was I didn't expect that. I remember I was uh, I was the goalie coach here in the in the new junior major in my own town and. I was at the rink early and was doing some working on my videos and I got a phone call from Springfield and I was like, who's calling me early like that in the morning? And it was uh, the president of the American League uh, telling me that I was uh, inducted to uh, HL of Fame. So I was, uh, was pretty happy. How cool was that ceremony? It was fun. It was fun because it was in Syracuse. So, you know, knew a lot of people there and, uh, it brought by lots of memories for for me and my my family so it was it was fun that's very cool yeah how about with the rangers you have a moment with the rangers you look back on uh i would say well obviously my first game my first game and uh, was a cool moment uh, but i didn't have too many with the rangers so <laughs> it'd be hard to, <laughs> to go besides back, sitting huh? besides besides sitting on the bench it was not uh, <laughs> i don't have many things with the rangers were you uh, were you chirping guys on the bench at all from the other bench? No, or no, no, no. 
<laughs> you don't want to take a penalty sitting on the bench. <laughs> uh, did you have any goalie fight? You had a goalie fight, right? Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I had a couple. You had a couple. Had you had a couple. couple. So yeah. what is? How does that start? Did you just start yelling at the guy on the other side of the, of no, the ice? No, or? I was. I, I would never be the guy starting. I was always like, hey, I don't want to fight. And then all of a sudden, the guy would come and would fight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, I had a couple one, but no. My job was not to do that. It was to stop the puck. So I focused on that. I mean, did you, I mean, how cool was the roar though? When you guys, I mean, it's, that's the best. And the goalies got the center ice and they dropped the gloves. I mean, they played something yeah. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. That's for sure. Was that, when was your first fight? Was that uh, the AHL? Yeah. It was in Syracuse uh, against Urshi, my former team. And it was against Phil Sove. And it was like a line brawl and everybody was fighting and, it was a, it was a fun, it was a fun time. That's for sure. <laughs> I had, I'm trying to think who the guy was. They had like, yeah, I had one fight. My family was in the crowd and uh, he's like, it was, I think it was his first game or whatever it was in the AHL. I got thrown out uh, of his first game. I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough no. break. Yeah. But no, it was a, uh, my second one, I think was in, uh, in Germany, in Germany. So, yeah. I wouldn't think a goalie fight's happening in Germany. I, I, I no, I, I fought with a player. Oh, you fought with a player? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to tell that story. What happened there? <laughs> I was playing in uh, Augsburg in, uh, back then in 2004, 2005. The ring was uh, half open, so you could see trees and stuff like that. And uh, it was like in August, it was like plus 30 outside. Super warm day. And I got a hit from behind and I was just like, oh, all right, let's go. I want to get kicked out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's too warm here right now to play hockey. Oh, Jess, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this yeah. was great. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you again to JF for joining us this week. What an awesome interview. What an awesome guy. Um, what a career. Unbelievable career. You look at this guy's stats and look at his numbers. Um, and especially, I mean, obviously a career AHL player, but a Hall of Famer. You look at the goalie list. He's top 10 almost in every category. You know, he's tied for a second all-time in playoff wins. Um, you know, 200-something regular season wins in the league. Two Calder Cups. He's got an MVP. Goalies don't win an MVP. Guy won an MVP. He was two-time goalie, you know, goaltender of the year award. Um, just crazy, crazy numbers. You know, he's a legend in in the Hershey system, in Hartford, in Syracuse. You know, everywhere he went, the guy just played unbelievable. Um, you know, he had uh, a nice stint there with Columbus. Uh, spent the year as a backup goalie there. Um, in his one year, one full year in the NHL. Uh, but what a great guy! What an awesome guy! And uh, he's been coaching since he's he's retired. He's not coaching yet this year. Hopefully, we see him jump on a staff soon. Um, and I want to wish him all the best, him and his family all the best. I know he said his son is a goalie too, so I'm sure his uh, season's kicking off pretty soon. So all the best to him this season. And that does it for episode 40 of the Broadway Hat Podcast. That's right, the big 4-0. I cannot thank all of our listeners enough for all the support through the first 40 episodes. It's it's been crazy. We had some phenomenal guests come on the show. We've heard some unbelievable stories. We have some great guests lined up for you as the season starts. Um, we're trying to line up a couple really good guests for our Rangers preview shows. 
Uh, so hopefully we'll have more on that soon. But make sure you do check us out every Wednesday night live on Unhinged Radio at 6.30. We go live. Uh, that's every Wednesday night. You can go check, a, check out our link tree. Go check out uh, all of our social media. You could find the link for the Unhinged Radio. Uh, but we also tweeted out uh, from our account at the Broadway Hat, at Broadway Hat Pod on Twitter uh, for when we do go live. So make sure you do check that out. And if you're on social media, please go check us out at that Twitter account, at Broadway Hat. Go check out my personal account, at KHallNY, for all New York Ranger updates. Please go check us out on Instagram and Facebook, at the Broadway Hat Podcast. And also, make sure you please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you go on Spotify and follow us. You can also find the podcast on all Apple, uh, I'm sorry, all Google Play products, all Amazon Play, um, uh, Amazon Music products. Go check us out on Pandora. Check us out on Spreaker. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us there. And we'll see you next week. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.